What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Run Happy Podcast. I'm Baxter Friedman. And I'm Charlie Rook, and this is a podcast for people that want to improve themselves as runners as well as people, and always run happy. Let's get into it. All right, what's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of the Run Happy Podcast. We are here with uh, ultra marathon runner and well, just one crazy SOB, Matt Johnson. And, uh, man, we're just really excited to talk to him a little bit about his running journey and, uh, you know, everything he's doing recently. So, Matt, how you doing today, man? Dude, I am great. Uh, you guys are a vibe, man. Like, I I, I love it. The energy right now is is just goofy, man. I'm I'm here for it. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, appreciate hopping on with you guys. You're chilling in your college dorm room. Is that right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, it's going to be, this is the started from the bottom story right here. I love it. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, um, I mean, obviously you're about to off camera, you're about to share a story with us. So tell us kind of how, like how you got into marathon training and, uh, you know, yeah, how you got like, into running yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So we were just chatting about, you know, you guys doing, um, doing track there at college and, um, I didn't lace up my running shoes until the very end of 2020. Uh, I was, I, I was in the military. So right out of high school, I played baseball, I played basketball, um, right out of high school, I joined the military and, you know, they, you, you kind of keep yourself fit, but you also, you know, do a lot of partying and all that type of fun stuff. Um, so fast forward like seven years and, and I just, I, one day I just laced up my running shoes, um, got stationed in Virginia in 2021 and just ran, um, trails. We were very rural and I would run trails every single day. I mean, I wasn't even, I didn't know, I didn't know a dang thing. Like I didn't know anything about anything. I just knew I loved to run. Um, leading into 2022, I went and did my first marathon, um, the BPN marathon, and I went 259.52. Oh, wow. Oh, dude. And yes. And that was like no training, no knowledge. Um, Jeff Cunningham approached me at that time, who is Nick Bear's uh, running coach. And he comes up to me and he's like, hey, uh, what have you, what have you been doing for training? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I've been running some trails. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like, you mean you didn't do any like VO2 max threshold work, track workouts, four by four hundreds, eight by eight hundreds, ten thousands. And I must've like had the dumbest look on my face because he like took a step back and he's like, you have no idea what I just said. Do you? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, nah, dog. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Literally hands me a business card and he's like, He's like, call me. He's like, any other, any other place, any other place you would have, you, you, you could have went two forties. And I'm like, all right, like, that's pretty cool. I ended up signing with, um, as an, as an athlete, uh, with Natasha Vandermeer, um, didn't go the marathon route, decided I wanted to kind of dive into Ironmans. Um, so I signed with Natasha and where I was going with that story, when we were talking about off camera was, February of 2022, I didn't even know what 400 was. Like <laughs> literally February of 2022, I had a workout and it was like four by, you know, 10 by 400 and 20 by 400, whatever it was. And I text my coach and I'm like, Hey, what's a 400? <laughs> he's like, what? And I mean, this is literally, you know, this is what almost two years ago. Wow. You know, so at that point, that's when I, I, I dove deep into like immediately, I was like, nah, like, 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 like if I'm going to be, 
if I'm going to be someone in this sport, like I need to, I need to know these things. And I, I missed a lot of time. Um, so literally like, I think that next week I dove into the international sports science Academy. Um, I got my personal training certificate, my performance enhancement certif certification, my running nutrition certification, um, and then took about like eight months of doing that and then started actually coaching others, um, within about, within about 10 months from that date. Um, but yeah, I'm still brand new to all of this. Dude, that's crazy. So you're like, you, um, you started running and then 10 months late, 10 months later, you're coaching now. Uh, and like, you just went full send into it. That's, like, that's yeah. Wild. Yeah. And, and I mean, I mean like, like coaching coaching elite athletes and like 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 that's the cool thing is that um i take pride kind of in uh athletes that want to go sub three in the marathon that are right there at that 315 330 marathon time they come to me and and and, and we go we go 250s for sure um i feel like i really help them dial in though like i specialize yes in the training but really like in the nutrition um i am huge when it comes to nutrition and like how to fuel the body properly, you know, taking fats away, taking proteins away, adding carbs here, adding carbs there, you know, and really manipulating the body to be a fuel sucking force. Man, I love that. And yeah, back to you, you're all over nutrition. Yeah, so. yeah, I do love, I do love like hearing about all that. So like, what do you, what do you do specifically whenever you try to get your athletes ready for a marathon? Yeah, dude, I love that. I'm so glad that you asked that because no one has ever asked that question. So this is, this is, I actually haven't even thrown this out there. No one outside of my athletes know this. Um, so I sat down with Nick Bear, which I'm, got, I'm sure you guys are kind of familiar with. Um, and Nick and I really chatted about nutrition with him, like leading up to the marathon and what would be good for me leading into me winning the BPN marathon this year. Um, and what we would do, and I gained a lot of knowledge from him. So what we found that is very, that is working very well is a proper carb load three days out. So when it comes down to your body storing glycogen, people, the myth is of these marathoners that, you know, are doing it for fun is they think that the night before they can go out and load up on pasta and pizza and that they're, they're carb loaded the next day. That's simply just not true. Your, your body processes the peak time frame for your body to process glycogen is 48 to 30 hours out. That's when your body grabs the carbs and, and assimilates it into glycogen at the peak time. So what we do is we do a reverse carb load and we start on, if the, if the race is on Saturday, we start on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So Wednesday we push anywhere. I've had athletes push up to 700 carbs on Wednesday, um, 600 carbs on Thursday and 500 carbs on Friday. Now, this is just one example. Those carbs are manipulated per the body type and stuff like that. But getting that proper reverse carb load tapering into the marathon, what that does is it loads the body up and then it allows you to kind of, you feel really crappy that first day because you're loading up on so many carbs and water and, and calories. And then it allows you to kind of get leaner and meaner. As you guys know, like you wanna go into a race feeling lean. Um, it allows you to lean out. Then as we go, also, we pull away fats because if you if you eat too many fats, that is going to hinder you storing carbs as glycogen because of digestion and stuff like that. We pull away from fiber. And then we also bring the protein down more as we get closer to the race. That's kind of a quick 
a quick what what we found that works very well that's a simple simple answer that's really interesting so like um like so you do a lot of carb loading before like a couple days beforehand but like like let's say like the night before a race what would like your athletes be eating yeah so um you know really that day that the day before we're not we're not really worried about protein um so Usually, you know, just getting protein in, I mean, you know, if you want to hit body weight and protein to so say you're 120, 130, 140 pounds, my recommendation to you would be, would be lower than that. So let, let's go with 140 pound male. Um, I would say probably around a hundred to 120 grams of protein just to, because it's, it's, it's not severely needed in what we're going to do the next day. And we have carb loaded, you know, the last three days since. So we're going to pull back on protein. Um, usually we're going to keep the fats around 60 to 70 grams, and that's just going to help with the, with the digestion of the carbohydrates. Um, prior days, we've been pushing two gallons of water. When you think about carbs, you think about carbohydrate, right? So in order for carbs to, to adequately form into glycogen and store in the muscle, you need to also give them water. So during those, during that carb load, we are hydrating with two gallons of water. So Wednesday, we would do two gallons of water. Thursday, two gallons of water. Friday, we would cut it down to about a half gallon the day before the race. Just because I don't want the worst thing that you, I mean, you guys, maybe you've experienced this, but the worst thing that could ever happen is you have to pee while you're running because it's just, just it's not possible. Um, so I would say a, a meal that I recommend like the night, the night before the marathon is mango and rice. Oh, wow. Mango and rice. It's simple, man. Like it's so simple. Like you get a rice, get a, yeah. get a bowl of white rice and season it with whatever you want. You can get a little bit, like a little bit of chicken, a piece of chicken, six ounces of chicken, and then a pound of mango is a that's always been, that's been my suggestion for my athletes. That's what, that's what I do. Um, the night, the night before my marathons is, is yeah, it's odd, but it's, that's, that's my thing. That's crazy. I've oh, never heard that before. That mango. Like, wait, so like, is there any reason behind mango or is that just like, it just works yeah. for you? Yeah, there's, there's like the mango is like, I, if, if you were to place me on an island and you're like, you can only have one food, it would be a mango for me. I, so, like, <laughs> oh, there is nothing better than a ripe mango. I, there's like, just, they're just like, it's same thing as like watermelon on a hot day. Mm, you know, oh, it's yeah. just like, like the mango, the, the man, it's just, ah, it's, it's mango, baby. <laughs> it's mango, baby. I love that answer. That's perfect. Well, dude, so you've kind of thrown yourself in. You did it all within 10 months from first lacing up your shoes. So what what is it to you about running that like made you want to say, yep, this is it. I'm all in. Yeah. Um. Just the fact of, you know, growing up, I grew up in very, very small town, Iowa. Um, there was, we did like, it was so small. We didn't have, we didn't have stoplights. Like there was a single stoplight in the town, middle of a cornfield. Um, the closest Walmart was 20 minutes away. Um, like just, just for reference for you guys, the, the school that I graduated from, I had less than 30 kids just in my class. That's crazy. Yeah. So I would say that like, I, I didn't really get to experience a lot, you know, and get to experience like, you know, I played basketball, I played baseball, but you know, it just, I didn't, I didn't really get the adequate experience of being really good at something. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, once I did that first race and I was like, holy crap, like I'm, I'm good at this. Then it was like, it was almost like an addiction where it was like, you know, where it's like, I need, like, I need to keep going. And, 
you know, like, it, yeah, I mean, I, 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 2022, I did the BPN marathon in January. I went 259, uh, fourth overall February. I went back to, went back home to uh, Iowa. I won the Des Moines half marathon. Um, March, I went down to Arkansas and I ran a 50 K and I won that and set the course record. Um, April, uh, I took April off, took May off, did Ironman Des Moines in June, went ninth overall in my age group for my very first ever triathlon. And it was a full Ironman. Um, you know, I mean, it was just like, like, it was like bang, bang, bang. And I was like, and it was success. Like I, it was success every time I did something. And you know, that, that led me, you know, then that led me into wanting more. And, and that's kind of where the, where the hundred mile distance slowly started to, to kind of creep in. Oh well, yeah, dude. So like, I mean, I know you said that like you just saw like uh success and just like, you know, I guess glory, like within like, I mean, such a short period of time, but like, I mean, there had to have been something that like, like helped you progress through all of that. Like what, um, what got you like, uh, I'm trying to think like, you know, people only see the victories whenever they look at, right now they're looking at you and they only see victories like but there there's got to be that period of time where you were just working really hard to to get to something it might have not been running but like was there that period of time where you were just grinding yeah like, i mean i mean i would say that that was definitely like you know some um you know like i mean i i didn't have the greatest childhood growing up you know i had a single mom and we were super poor and i always saw struggle and, you know, learn from my mom at an early age, how to navigate that struggle. And then <clears throat> bringing that into me joining the military and, you know, you're, it's a constant struggle within the military and all the, you know, hard things that we do that I feel like when I grabbed running, that it was that thing where I could, I could run and struggle during that. And no matter what, as soon as I was done, I always won. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. very much like it was that little grab at like, this is like, I'm struggling. This sucks. Like, just like you guys know, you do a super hard track workout and you struggle, 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 no matter, even when you don't even want to lace up your running shoes, you know, you get there and you're like, man, like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this today. This sucks. I hate it. I'm going to quit like F track. Like I, I don't even want to be in college anymore. And you know, you're just like, you have these bad days and then you kill this workout and you're walking off the field, like you're Iron Man, like you're just like, you know, a hundred percent because you, you just tasted that victory. And I think that, you know, struggling so much growing up, struggling through the military and kind of learning mentally how to navigate those struggles that like, that's where running was for me, where it was like, I could put myself in that situation to where it sucked, where I was struggling, where it was hard. And no matter what, as soon as I was done, I won. Dude, that I love that mentality. Yeah, like just being happy that like you accomplished it and like that you you gave it your all. Like that is that is a really important. And I think that there's actually there's a lot of people that will sometimes uh forget that. Like they they'll they'll compare themselves to others and uh yeah. it'll they'll get down about that. But yeah, no, definitely knowing that like you you worked hard and you pushed yourself and you did something that like not a lot of other people can do. Yeah, that's that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. People get uh people lose themselves on like the traffic comparison and stuff like that. Yeah, so and I mean that's you know that's something that that we all need to be, you know, grateful for is the fact of that no matter how old we are, right? Whether we're in college and we're in our twenties, you know, our very early twenties, teens to twenties to me, you know, I'm twenty eight. Um, you know, no matter when you start, no matter 
no matter what, whenever you start, like you are the, you are the 0.000% that gets to do this. And a lot of people get so caught up in the, you know, if you do have a crappy workout, if you do have a bad day, everyone gets caught up and they're like, man, like this sucks. I suck. Like, I hate this. I don't want to do this anymore, man. Like you're still doing it. Like, like you yeah. are literally still doing it and not, you know, there's people out there that'll never be able to run a day in their life. Like, why yeah. are you, you know, like there it is with your, with, with the podcast title run happy. Like, how could you ever be unhappy when you have the chance to stride out and, and, and travel the world by foot, man? Like it just, it don't make sense to me. Yeah. I love that mentality. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was really well said. I mean, well, we're kind of talking about mental stuff anyway. So like, and you're kind of going into your philosophies about, um, you know, why you enjoy these races and stuff like that. So like during these long races, you know, what are you telling yourself like to keep yourself motivated in like a 50 K or a hundred mile and stuff like that? A lot of crazy stuff, man. Probably a <laughs> lot that I probably shouldn't even say out loud on this podcast. <laughs> and it gets, uh, it gets very, it gets tough. And there's a lot of situations that um there's a lot of situations that you get in where you have to tell yourself the most funky thing that you probably have ever said to yourself in your entire life you know pretty much for me like a big thing for me is that i said i was going to do it so i'm going to do whatever it takes to get there and you know that's a big thing for me where i kind of hold my own self accountable like i don't care what other people think that doesn't bother me at all but you know, having a, a, having the privilege to have an Instagram following of, you know, thousands of people. When I put something out there and I say, Hey, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go attempt this. I know that I have, you know, 50,000 people that know that I said that. And when, 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 when the, when the going gets hard, am I really who I said I was? That's that that's the big thing for me. And I think self-talk is really everything. You should wake up every morning and look in the mirror and tell yourself that you're the greatest to ever do it. I mean, you know, whether whether you are or you aren't, who cares? If you believe that and you tell yourself that daily, then go and be who you say you are. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Just hit me with like hit me with the stare there. And uh, I got, I got, I got lost. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude, that's, that's, that's really cool. I like that a lot. So self-talk, that's a, that's a really big thing for you. Is that kind of like what you tell your athletes as well? You guys go over, over self-talk and, um, you know, mental stuff. Yeah. You know, and I think that, I think that like, like for athletes that come to me, you know, there are plenty of people out there like, you know, like you just interviewed Char Charlie Lawrence, right? There are plenty of people out there that have a way better resume than I do. And, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of get into this, not really much of a like imposter syndrome, but, <clears throat> you know, sometimes you can be like, okay, like think about, I'm just gonna use Charlie Lawrence because you know him. Think about Charlie, right? If Charlie charges... I'm just going to throw out an astronomical number. If Charlie charges a thousand dollars a month mm -hmm. and I charge a thousand dollars a month, does Charlie add value more than me because he has a greater list of accomplishments? Maybe. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean, depending on the way that you look at it and where I'm going with that is like, 
my athletes come to me for this mm-hmm. because they see me, they see me as a value when it comes to mental toughness. And my athletes come to me like Charlie and I are probably giving out damn near the same programming, but people are going to Charlie because they are in love with the, the marathon. They are in love with the 50, the 50 mile distance and the fact that he's trying to break the record tomorrow. And, you know, these types of things, they come to Charlie for one reason, but then they'll come to me for a different reason. So yeah, yeah, to answer your question, I think that athletes do come to me for that type of thing because I help them come through it. Cause I'm not going to be the coach that, you know, if you're going to message me and, and be like, Hey, like, I'm just not feeling too well today. I don't really think I want to do it. Well, you need to suck it up and lace your shoes up and go outside and do it. And that's me saying it really nice on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely think like, um, it's all honestly like those days where you do have like that, where you do get, I guess, weak in the mind where it's just like, oh man, this sucks. I don't want to do this, like whatever. And then you go out there and you do it anyways. That's, that's when you really grow. That's whenever you really get better at the sport. So yeah, I definitely think that that's like the best thing you can do. hundred percent. I agree with you hundred percent. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about this marathon for a second here, just because like sub three is like some some people work their like entire lives you know sub three and like you did it in your first attempt so like with, with little training yeah too. with very little like, training yeah. so like you with know not, we... with like i didn't i didn't do any speed work whatsoever i was yeah. just running <laughs> i was just running i love that but um like kind of like walk us through that race like how did that go like were you just out there just grinding like what well, i'll see what i can do kind of thing or like you know did you have a sub three in your head like what was what was that like so- yeah, um, I had um, so I I went there with the goal of sub three. Sub three was the goal, and moving back to self talk, y'all. Like at that point, I ha- I hadn't met Nick Bear yet, and mm-hmm. I wasn't an athlete with BPN. I was, you know, I I loved the the community and what they were for, but I didn't have any connection at that point yet. That's kind of where it all started. So I hadn't met Nick yet. I get in line to meet Nick. We I stand in line to meet Nick for three hours. This is the night before the marathon. <laughs> I get up there, we shake Nick's hand, like, what's up, bro? We were both in the military. We we're talking about military, this and that. And he's like, What are you running tomorrow? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm going sub three, bro. And he goes, by how much? And like I'm walking away at this point. I turn around, I look at him, I go, 259.59. And I went 259.52. Like that's what I'm talking about. Sub like sub talk. That's what I'm talking about when, when it comes to self-talk is like, all I cared about was sub three, sub three, sub three, sub three, sub three. I'm going to go sub three. And I went two fifty nine fifty two. like, like damn, like you are, you're cutting it close. Like, like, you know, so for reference, um, I'll walk you through that race. I'm glad you asked that question. Another question that no one's really asked me on a, on a podcast before was about, you know, that race. Um, show up that morning and I see Jeff Cunningham, who I, at that point did not have a relationship with Nick's running coach. Um, he's there pretty famous in the Austin running community, the BPN community. And, you know, went up to him like, Hey, what's up? Like, my name's Matthew. Um, he's like, you know, what, what's your plan today? And I was like, I'm going sub three. And he's like, dude, that's so sick. He's like this guy right here. And he like pointed at him. Um, he's like, he's, he's trying to go sub three, two, uh, you should like, you should run with him. And now mind y'all, like I have only ran by myself at this point. Like, I don't understand anything about anything about the marathon or pacing or how any of this works. So I'm like, okay, sounds cool. 
gun goes off and I start with Natasha Vandermeer, who I just told you before that I ended up signing with for the Ironman, who was Nick's Ironman coach. And I'm running with her and we're running like, we're running like 720s for probably the first mile and a half. Mm-hmm. and i'm just chatting her ear off you know i'm like hey this and that and she's like what what are you doing today i was like oh i'm going i'm going sub three and she's like if you're going sub three you need to get the hell away from me and you need to like you need to go and i'm like oh okay so then i found that guy that 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 uh jeff had pointed out and started running with him uh but that was like that was a really good story there where like I mean, y'all, I had no idea. Like, I was just vibing with Natasha, and she's like, yeah, you should, like, you should get going. I wasted, like, the first mile and a half. I was, like, 45 seconds behind right at that point. Mm-hmm. That's even more impressive. <laughs> like, oh, okay, I have to go. I and then you went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Dude, Baxter does that, like, so often here. Like, he's very fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll admit it. Yeah, sometimes it's just, like, in a workout, I'll be struggling, and then it'll be, like, Baxter, like, Come, like and i'll be falling back off the pack and they're like baxter come come back with us come back with i'm like okay and then i'll run back there and they're just like where yeah. was that like he, yeah, he's yeah just like, see, see, this is what i do in order to like in order to just make sure that i like you know hold the alpha male dominance i'll just run with people that are slower than me huh? so that way i'm always the lead the lead guy in the pack <laughs> no matter what happens i'm just always up front so like <laughs> so i'll run i'll run with all these other guys and as an ultra runner because i just you know i'm probably not gonna be pounding out any mar- any marathons soon so i like running with people where like i just know that they're slower than me no matter what so i just can give myself that little boost of confidence every day <laughs> i love that so yeah, that's, that's awesome <laughs> i really like that wait uh, speaking like um you did you're saying you're not doing any marathons for a while and uh i know that you did like an insane amount of mileage uh recently insane amount of races recently and uh i mean you you like broke your leg right or you you got like three fractures uh in one of your in one of your legs so can you like i mean i know what happened but can you just tell the like i guess everyone listening what happened yeah so um i like to do a lot of like a lot of stupid stuff like, 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 like if you, I, and, and that's why I tell my athletes, I'm like, do what I say, but like, don't look at my Instagram <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because everything I'm telling you, I'm doing it backwards, but that's just who I am. Like, like, I like, I like defying the, the, the standard, right. You know, like, 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 it's like, oh, we, well, we've always done it like this. So you should do it like that too. I'm like, nah, the hell with that. Like, like, I don't, I don't care with it. I don't care about it. So this year, my, my first big thing where I, this is leading into the injury, surprisingly enough, was in April. Um, I did the BPN marathon again for the second time this year, April of 2023. I did that on Sunday and I won it. And then six days later, I, so I won the marathon on Sunday, took Monday off. Tuesday, I drove to Houston and did Ironman Texas on Saturday. Oh, wow. So I did I did the BPN marathon. I won it. And then I went right into an Ironman on Saturday. So my big thing that I was doing on Instagram was, can I go sub three in the marathon and sub 12 in the Ironman within the same exact week? Because it was Sunday to Saturday. And I, I went 250, 252, 252 in the marathon and 10 40 something in the Ironman. 
Oh, heck yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you did get it. Yeah. yeah. So, but speaking of the injury, that was when I did injure myself because that's completely dumb as hell, right? To do that, you know, at the, <laughs> you know so mile 25 in stride, um, my foot hit the ground and I felt like almost like I got hit by a bolt of lightning in the left leg. Like, I mean, it literally, it almost crumbled me to the ground. Luckily it was at mile 25. I finished the race and uh, I ended up on crutches. They wrapped it up. They thought it was a stress fracture of the fibula. And I'm like, okay, like, you know, that sucks. I took 50 days off of running. Came right back this summer because I had the Leadville 100 this year. Came right back this summer, took 50 days off. Um, right back into my mileage coming out of those 50 days was week one, 16 week two, 36, week three, 86, week four, 122. My goodness. And then just started pounding out hundred mile weeks leading into Leadville. Um, did two fifties before Leadville went into the Leadville 100 completed the Leadville 100. And then I got the opportunity to race the Bronx 10 miler this year with the pros. And I was super hyped about that um shout out to endorphins running based out of new york they got me the bib um those guys are phenomenal and i had never had an opportunity to run a 10 miler um that's when i started working with uh charlie and charlie was kind of giving me some tips and and speed workouts so i started doing speed workouts and i noticed that like something was wrong with my left leg because obviously the intensity was starting to ramp up. And at that point I had done no speed work leading into Leadville because it was just an ultra prep. You can do speed work. You also don't have to do speed work. It's just personal preference. I didn't want to, because I knew that the leg was a little hurt during the Bronx 10 miler. I stepped in a pothole with the left leg. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, I think I went, I think I went 50, 56 minutes at the 10 oh, miler, wow. literally uh, three weeks after the Leadville 100. So found out that I have a very, I have a very big range. And, um, then I didn't run for two more weeks and decided that I wanted to go try to win a hundred. So then I, I flew back from LA, went to Austin, flew from Austin to LA, got out to LA, led 73 miles of this hundred mile of this 100 miler and had to pull out at 73 because the pain was just like, I had never experienced anything like that my first time ever like having to quit, like, 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 like I quit, like I literally, I, that was the first time I've ever quit. Like I was like, I just, I can't. And went and got an x-ray and found out that that April fibula fracture or fibula stress fracture was actually a clean fracture all the way through of the fibula. It was completely oh, wow. broken. And at that time I had been, I stopped running, but I had been walking. I had been squatting i had been lifting weights i'd been playing basketball on a broken leg Holy and crap. then they found out that during then during the bronx when i when i did that misstep i had been i had been compensating so much that i had fracked that I, I then fractured the tibia during the bronx 10 miler in two spots uh, at the top of the tibia and the bottom of the tibia and then i towed the line for the la 100 with i towed the line with three fractures in my leg and I, I had no idea. I mean, I knew that it hurt. Like, like, like I, I knew that I probably shouldn't be there, but I really, I really didn't ever think like, man, maybe my leg's broken. Like that was never a thought. I wow. just thought, I just thought that it hurt. Um, so now today's, today's day 41 of yet another 
time off that I have taken this year. But it's all, you know, it's that don't do what I do. Do not do what I do. You know, it's, it's, you know, I'm going to end up with like 150 days off this year, like from injury. I'm not going to do that. I'm not, not going to do this stuff again because now I, now I just wanted to find out what I was capable of and running on a broken leg. I'm going to check that off the list. Heck yeah, baby. Yeah, dude. That's, I mean, okay. It's, as crazy as that is, it's like you, you are pushing the limits of your body. And like, I mean, you found the limit, but like, that is, that's something that not a lot of people, uh, will ever even think about doing and they'll, they will do these races, but they won't ever push it as much as you have. Like, it's like, and, and honestly, like the, the conversation that we had when I pulled out of the LA 100 was we can like, like, like I can tape up my leg right now. I go, but I will have to walk the next 27 miles. I'm like, do you guys, like talking to my crew, I'm like, do you want me to finish and have us be out here at this, at this small town? You know, I mean, it wasn't, it was called the Saddle to Surf 100. It started in Norco, went down to Huntington Beach. I'm calling it the LA 100. It wasn't this big, fancy 100. It was small, tiny. I'm like, and do you guys want to be out here at this like podunk 100 for the next 17 hours while I walk? and finish a hundred miles. I'm like, does that make sense for any of us? And the consensus was, if this was the Leadville 100, yes. If this was the Western States 100, yes. If this was UTMB, yes. But it's not worth it right now. And so what you're saying is like, you know, what you're capable of, like, like I could have completed that race with the fractures. I could have, but you know, which, which is to the point is like, how much more is that capable? Uh, how much more am I capable of? Because I, I I really know in my head that I could have walked it in. I could have walked it in and I could have done an entire hundred mile race on broken bones. People look at Goggins and they're like, oh my gosh, like this guy is is crazy. But he did it. I did it. Who else can do it? I'm not saying go do it. I'm not saying push those limits. What I'm saying is like human anatomy, when we are in, because of who we are and how we have evolved, we are made to be distance movers i'm not saying runners i'm saying we are we are made to move distances and your body is capable of so much and that is that is proof right there do that i mean like that is that is really crazy to even think about uh especially like i mean yeah you you'll see like i mean distance running has been a thing for like a very long time like even the olden days like i mean that's that's what marathon's named after is like people did that but um yeah i mean yeah man it's just that's wild. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think yeah, y'all, I think y'all definitely did the right thing pulling out of this like rinky dink one hundred is what it sounds like. But yeah. I mean, I, dang, I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to like, I'm just trying to comprehend that. Like even the walk of twenty seven miles, like yeah, you're right, like seventeen hours, we'd we'd be out, like y'all would be out there. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, and that was true. Like like at that point, like like that was stuff that we were talking about. So I'm like, I'm like, you know, the Leadville one hundred, Leadville, right? You have thirty hours to complete it. I'm like, if we walk it in right now, that's going to put us at like 35 hours. And this, yeah. this, this 100, I, the, the 100 is great. It was a charity 100 for kids. Like, like I will go back and do that again. So like, I'm not saying that it was like a podunk run 100. It's just tiny, mm-hmm. but like, I'm like, got you. it was so small that it didn't even have like a time cutoff. Oh, you know? right. I mean, it was like, what, what are we gaining here by finishing this? I tell people that I, yeah, I finished the saddle to surf 100 that had, 30 freaking people, you know, like, like, like it was kind of just a, 
I really wanted to see how fast I could do a 100. That was my biggest right. thing. Okay. How fast can I do this? And then when we started rapidly breaking down at like 52, 53, I was like, oh no, like this is not going to be good. Then by that point, then you have to make the smart decision on like, you know, if you go out and you race a 400 and you still have to race the 800, but you pulled your hammy, if you're at the state championship, are you going to race that 800 next? Probably. Yeah. But if you're at some, if you're at some random, random crap meet, and then you're like, no, I have state, I, I could do state next year. You mm-hmm. know, I don't want to hurt, you know, so that was kind of the thing for right. me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that. Um, yeah. Choose, and like, choose your battles. Yeah. Choose, yeah. 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 Uh, but another thing, like, I mean, that kind of just shocked me is whenever you were talking about the Bronx and how you did a 10, uh, 10 mile race at a, at 56 minutes. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know if you saw this, but like Charlie and I just kind of looked at each other and like, holy crap. Like we know how fast that is. That is fast. Uh, That's about 540 pace, isn't it? Like something like that. Uh, yeah. I think it was like a, it was a, it was a 530, 539, 540, 541. I think I'd have yeah. to, let me, I want to, yeah, let me. That's me like, that. that's me doing quick math in my head. Yeah. But like, um, I don't understand. Charlie is really good at uh, knowing splits and knowing paces. Uh, it blows my mind, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> It's actually strange, yeah. It's like I'm not very good at math, but like, <laughs> like it's like, <laughs> but yeah, dude, that that's just like well, while you're doing that, I'll just say like uh, some commentary. That's just a crazy range to have, yeah, just like real. from like to to run to be able to run 56, like something in a 10 mile or something. That most people never do, and then also then be able to move up to the hundred mile distance. <laughs> real, that's range right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's some true range right there. There's a he's a, the, the 10k shuffle. Yeah. Uh, well, <clears throat> I'm looking right here too, and I ran 14 miles the day before. Oh my gosh, that's, that's very actually, that's even crazier. Okay, I went, I went, I went 57 minutes, which is a a, a 5:45. That's still very. That's impressive. still like yeah. yeah. That's that's really impressive. Mm-hmm. And that's like, on Strava. Yeah, <laughs> on Strava. That's <laughs> yeah. that's verified. <laughs> that is on Strava. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the funniest thing for me for that is like just knowing that I'm an ultra runner, like I ran, this is the day before 14 miles, right. 14 miles the day before. And then another mile that same day. So that's 15 miles a day before three mile warm up that next morning into a 545, 10 miler. That's just so funny. That's crazy. And bro. that was actually, that was the tail end of a 90 mile week. Yeah. That I- was, that wasn't a yeah. That wasn't a taper. We were we were still we were still in hundred mile prep for the the LA one hundred. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, okay, so well, yeah, and also like the one hundreds. So, are you going to start doing like bigger, like even more uh, than over hundred miles eventually? You think? Yeah. So right now, um, you know, I I kind of want to do stuff like I I kind of want to do like crazy fun fun stuff to me, but I kind of want to do some other crazy stuff like outside of racing. Um, next year we're eyeballing October 1st, um, run across Texas. Oh, wow. Ooh, which is 850 miles, um, an average of like 50, 50 to 52 miles a day. Um, the record right now for the fastest time across Texas is 850 miles in 16 days. It averages out at like 46 miles a day. Um, if I do it 50 miles a day, it'll be, you know, right around 15 days. Um, I did get into the Bigfoot 200, 
Yeah. Um, you guys are familiar with that ultra, um, the Bigfoot I, two. I, I don't know about. I mean, I don't know about maybe, too many like, races. Yeah, maybe like Andy Glaze has done it or something. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. So I did. I, I I did get into that. I don't know if I'm gonna do it. Um, I'm toying with the idea of going back to Leadville. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. There's lots of lots of options. You think uh, you would ever go to like the UTMB 250? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That that is. I would I would I would love I would love nothing more than to do to do UTMB. But I mean, my goal, like I think my overall goal, is you know I want people within the running community, not really not really people, not really people within like the world, but like people within the running community. I want you to think about Andy Glaze, and I want you to think about my name. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I want to do those hundreds. I want to do UTMB. I want to do Western States. Like, I want to do all of these massive, you know, big boy races instead of, you know, I mean, there's there's, there's plenty of hundreds out there that, that you know, guys can do and, and can pick off, you know, the random wins here and there. But, you know, I think that I would rather do these, these big name races and really just try to put myself on the map. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, I mean, yeah, it's a smart way to get your name out there too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and also, yeah, like get some uh verification and like you know, uh, also like I mean those bigger races like uh I mean that they're they're nicer and like I mean just probably more beautiful too. Like the U like UTMB is just like like that is something that is on my bucket list because it just looks beautiful and like the the energy is electric there. It's just amazing. So yeah, yeah. and like 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 Leadville, the Leadville one hundred man is just. Like, it doesn't even feel real. Like, 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 when you're there, it doesn't feel like you're actually living. It's it's beautiful, like in the mountains, and and you know, then going to LA and running that hundred miler, like just on pavement, it was it was brutal. Like, because you don't have anything to look at, you have nothing to get your mind off of. Like, it's just so you know. Yeah. It, it, it can be very. It's very different. Yeah. Yeah, it makes it harder. Uh, makes it much harder. Yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. Mentally, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, we have long runs like that here. We're like, like our, our mindset will like change going into each route. Where it's like we've got one where it's like we were talking about today actually in the like, cafeteria. It's like because we were trying to decide where we wanted to go Sunday. Oh yeah. And like we've got this one route where it was like literally it's just like it's just dead straight. Like it's dead straight and like straight back. And it's like I was like, well, I like it because it's flat. And everyone else is like, I don't want to do that because it's like so boring. I do not want to run yeah. six miles out, six miles back, or whatever. And so yeah, like- we have we have Ladybird Lake down here in Austin, which is it's a it's around the lake and it's a it's 10 miles. Literally, no matter where you park, no matter where you park on the loop, it's 10 miles to the door. And I mean, I've done I've done 30 mile long runs out there before three laps wow that's actually kind of nice. go like one and then i'll turn around and i'll go two and then i'll turn around and go three but like yeah i definitely i've had to come up with like since i've been putting in back during the leadville training like when i was putting in the 120 mile weeks i just i couldn't run on ladybird anymore <laughs> so yeah. i had to like i'd like downtown routes and and i had to find a bunch of different routes because it was just you're right like it just gets so monotonous mm-hmm. that it's like, I don't even want to look at this. I don't want to look at this trail. Like looking at this trail makes me angry. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. No, yeah. There, there's those, uh, those times where it's like, coach will tell us like, all right, this is where we're going for a long run. And we're just like, Oh Lord. Uh, 
it's gonna be another grind but then there's other times where it's like okay awesome i'm ready for this uh yeah but it's also it's i mean it's a, it's a mindset thing you know you just gotta get in the right mindset of doing it um yeah yeah but, but um yeah i think i think we are getting to that time where we do have to kind of uh close but here we got one more question for you yeah so uh yeah we wrote this down we like to end with a end with a fun one so like how do you measure success when dealing with um hard things and as kind of like your definition of success like evolved over time i think um yeah so the, de- the my definition of success is definitely in you know evolved over time for me like you know back when i was chasing that first win like that first you know marathon win or ultra marathon win success to me was winning and i think getting into this massive ultra prep and running these hundreds and hundreds of miles and and having you know working with charlie and you know ha- running this like you know olympic marathoner type of training but running 120 miles a week success to me is really just making it to tomorrow and feeling like i am better than i was yesterday and that is very like that is so cliche but it's very true you know is that yeah. just you know I, which i'm sure that you guys can relate to doing you know doing the the college running you know if you can just survive today and make it to tomorrow like you're you're thriving mm-hmm. and so success to me now is making it to tomorrow not injured and ready to do, be able to do the same thing that I was doing yesterday. And now I'm going to do it today. And then I'm going to do it again and again and again. And that's going to snowball. That's going to compound. And then that's when the wins start coming. And I think that's when, that's where people miss a lot is that they have a bad day and they can't get away from that bad day. And then it affects them the next day and the next day and the next day, and they can't make it to tomorrow and that's why like like that's why people can't win races so when you have that ability to to okay i had a bad day now i'm going to get to tomorrow okay tomorrow is great now make it to tomorrow make it to tomorrow make it to tomorrow then then you will start winning races you will start winning the medals you will start being better than everyone else in every single aspect yeah that's awesome well put well put <laughs> uh, yeah yeah. Well, anyway, um, so this is it for this episode of the Run Happy Podcast. We're gonna say thank you so much to Matt for joining us here. I know I've got a lot out of this conversation. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, I hope I hope Matt, I, I hope you enjoyed being on as well. Absolutely, I did. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, for everyone listening, we will catch you all next week. Thank you. See you later. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to like and subscribe, and we'll catch you all next week.